evening, everybody. Welcome to another really live episode of Deacon's Discussions and Drinks. Let's see if we can throw you for a curve right out of the starting gate here. I'm Deacon Tim Stout. I'm Deacon Dallas Kelly. I'm Father Lynn Gwynn. No, I'm Steve <laughs> filling in for Father Lynn Gwynn. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Did we confuse you? This is the week we're doing another call-in show, so don't be confused. We've added texting in as well for those who are faint of heart who actually do not want to talk live on the radio or podcast or Facebook Live or YouTube Live. If you don't want to talk, you can text. We like text. Will there be calls? We'll have to see. Will the will there be text? Check out the number. Six five seven three three two two six six seven. That's six five seven three three two two six six seven. Also six five seven Deacons. You can also send a text to that number as well. Text your question, comment to that number. You can send comments to Facebook or YouTube. Dallas, how are you monitoring Facebook? Yeah, monitoring and last time we were on with a call in show, I had quite a few text my phone if you want to do that text. That's another way of doing it. But the uh, call-in line is open, so you can either call or text. It's kind of missed last week. Didn't happen. Yeah, we had some problems. Yeah. We, Parish-wide. We thought we were going to have a show, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were going to have a show at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and then we said, nah. So, in case you all didn't know, Father Lynn tested positive for COVID-19, also known as coronavirus. Um, so, we didn't have mass last weekend. We didn't didn't have a show last weekend. Didn't have any parish events last weekend. But this Sunday. We will have mass. Will you come? Will you be a part of it? It will be a half hour earlier than we've been having it. It will be at 9 o'clock. Um, Father Lynn will be there. So I'm assuming his quarantine and his test quarantine day numbers are over. Yeah, he quarantined and he tested, neg- tested negative. So that's a good thing, yeah. right? <laughs> so we're going to have mass. We hope everybody shows up, but we'd like to have some calls too. But while we wait for people to call the six five seven three three two two six six seven, that's six five seven three three two two six six seven six five seven Deacons. If you don't want to call, you can text as well. Um, but while we're waiting for people to call or not call, which is fine because I can talk for an hour, uh, what I can do is we can talk about current events. Right? I know everybody's got current events. Uh, that was our homework, right? Yeah. So we'll start with Dallas. We'll go to Father Lynn's replacement, Mr. Steve France, and then I'll back clean up. How about that? So you're on, you're on Dallas. Okay. I'm going to start by giving a plug for the Knights of Columbus, even though I kind of hate to do that because every time I mention them, this gentleman beside me hits me up to join. But I'm still going to give them some – Kudos. There's a bounty on your head. (laughs) And the title is Knights of Columbus to report on Christian persecution in Nigeria. 
The Knights of Columbus announced a new initiative Thursday to report on Christian persecution in Nigeria, where at least 60,000 Christians have been killed in the past two decades. Since 2014, the Catholic Fraternity of Charitable Organization has spent more than $25 million on behalf of persecuted Christians and other religious minorities target for elimination in the Middle East. The organization says, which includes the rebuilding of a majority of Christian towns. So I know the Knights do a lot, especially financially for our our parish here at St. John's. Usually when something goes up or something's wanting to get done, first thing they do is hit up the Knights for some money, right? Yep. But this is a worldwide thing, so that's pretty good. They re- help rebuild towns across the across the world. Yeah, the the Knights of Columbus is a is an amazing organization. They we have our hands in a lot of things, and you know, see at parish level and then also at a national and global level. The uh, the Supreme Council's done a pretty good job of doing a lot of things. To, Televising, like if you watch something out of the Vatican, that's pretty much sponsored by the Knights of Columbus. A lot of relief efforts, uh, disaster relief is one of our big things. Uh, we haven't been called to do that in this in this area recently, thank God. Uh, but Knights of Columbus is just a great organization, and I think we've helped out the parish quite a bit. And I say that now because I'm the current Grand Knight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get called we get called a lot. But uh, that's what we're there for. We're there kind of like a deacon in a way, called to serve. So it's a good thing. Good good one. like that one. Near and dear to my heart. All right, Steve, you're up. What's your current event? I'm going to talk about COVID-19. Oh, does anybody know wow, anything we, about Yeah. What's that? <laughs> okay. Uh, if you've been following the news, you may have heard our neighboring governor, Mike DeWine in Ohio, had a trip to see President Trump in Cleveland. And that trip got called in short because when he arrived and was tested, he was positive for COVID-19. Now, the funny thing is, within uh, 24 hours, he tested again, and he was negative the second time around. So... I've been talking to some of my doctor friends, and we decided to do a piece on COVID-19 testing. Oh, wow. And the funny part of it is the reliability of the COVID-19 test. Do we want to know that? Well, <laughs> we don't, don't put it on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. It'll get deleted. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the uh, positives, the negatives, the false positives. The false negatives. False negatives, exactly. And, and you wonder what's true. And I guess uh, just because I live with a healthcare provider, and when something comes back positive, they run another test, which potentially is negative the second time, and then they run a third test, and it's negative, so it's best two out of three, and, it's, <laughs> and they're negative. But if they don't get the answer they want to get, now they keep testing and it's best three out of five. So exactly how confident are we in the COVID-19 test? Now, with our good friend, Father Lynn, he tested positive and guess what? He was. And we all know the result of that with masks and such in the show. 
So uh, we're glad that he's uh, healing up, and hopefully we'll see him here on Sunday. But uh, you just got to wonder about these tests and the reliability. Because I, I like the idea of uh, best two out of three, and best three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing about it now is, I mean, if you test positive, there's serious implications. I mean, in this case, the governor obviously didn't get to meet with uh, with the president, which, you know, was a big deal, obviously, for him. But, and you know, even, so, even worse, you can't have mass. Right? For us, it was <laughs> it was mass related. Uh, caused us to do, I mean, and it's not just mass, right? It's. You know, Father Lynn um, dispenses, I don't know, that's probably the wrong word, sacraments, you know, other sacraments besides mass, right? Right. So all that was put on hold and, and adoration was put on hold. Just everything was put on hold. So, you know, it makes you call into question. It's something we were talking about earlier. I read an interview with, and I, I know everybody's good. Here comes the haters. I read an interview with Bill Gates, and I know how everybody feels about Bill Gates and Good. There's a good interview out there with him, and he he addresses his controversy head on. And, and I consider myself a scientist. I'm an engineer, uh, but really good article about testing. And one of the things we were talking about before the show started was how long it takes tests to get done. And his his fix for that was simple. You know, if you get the test results in 24 hours, you get paid 100. percent If you get it done in 48 hours, you get paid 80. percent If you get it paid after 48 hours, you get zero. Because that test is really no good to anybody. I mean, you think about what you do while you're waiting for a test. Do you just do you quarantine? You know, there's just a lot of a lot of things like that. And so testing is a is a pretty big issue. Two out of three. Two out of three. Two out of three. That's a good one. So I've I've got one that's uh, probably my current event's a little bit more controversial. Um, faith in the election. There was a lot of controversy this week because uh, I guess Trump uh, said that if Biden gets selected, it's it's against God. Called into question his Catholic faith. Um, so I think that's a precursor to what we're going to hear this campaign season. We're going to hear we're going to hear a lot of discussions about faith, and I think it's going to be on display in a lot of areas. And I I think it's going to get ugly. Because I don't think Trump in that case was questioning his his faith. Like he wasn't, you know, and the way I read it is it was kind of spun because everything gets spun today, right? They were questioned. He, Biden said he was questioning his Catholic faith. I don't think he was questioning his Catholic faith. I think he was questioning his policies and how they align with or without the Catholic faith. So anyway. We're not even in the campaign season, and it's going to get ugly, don't you think? Well, every campaign season gets ugly, I think. <laughs> but this one will be uh, maybe more than normal. I agree. I agree. We have zero calls. I'm glad I've done, I'm not in politics. I can tell you that. <laughs> you got to be a special person to uh, to get uh, to to be in politics. Hey, look, there's five lines open at. The call-in number, which is 657-332-2667. Five calls. You can text. We mentioned that. You can text. Let's pick up from where we left off last week or two weeks ago. You can remember that far back? No. I was hoping you, <laughs> I was hoping you could. <laughs> oh. What were some of the subject matters we talked about? 
Well, we talked about Steve Francis' family called in, right? A couple. Of oh, us, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And Be- Beverly is on here now. Beverly is watching, it says. Uh, COVID-19. You know, we talked a lot about COVID-19. Did we talk about Steve himself? I mean, he's taking Father Lynn's place. What exactly uh, – what are your qualifications, Steve? <laughs> Usually Steve is behind the camera. What do you – I mean, what do you do on a – on your normal, what's your day job? Is that what you're? Yeah, what's, what's your day, day job? job? Yeah, what's your day job? I work for the Cincinnati Library. Wow. So, so how does the library get you at Bengals games? How do you end up there? Behind the camera. That's a long story, which dates back to 1997, about being in the right place at the right time, and it kind of morphs into today, which uh, at this point uh, may not see too much of the 2020 season only because of the COVID-19. It affects everything. So you're, those are two separate jobs. Those are two separate jobs, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So at the library, you're doing, I guess, like, like at the local library here, I see a lot of productions where they do like reading books and stuff, going out and interviewing folks and different stuff having guests come in you're you're filming all that stuff i work in the marketing department and so i'm in charge of video and if you're familiar with cincinnati library or which we're cincinnati and hamilton county is what we're called we are 41 locations in one county 41 wow and uh, employ 850 people and uh, a lot of those are children's librarians. And right now, when I'm working from home, I'm doing a lot of story times. Wow. That's a lot of locations. That makes Georgetown look kind of small. <laughs> <laughs> makes Lexington look kind of small. It, it, it is amazing how many locations and how well uh, refined and well-oiled machine the, the library system is for the amount of uh, locations and the amount of work that they put in. They, they really do good stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the library gets a bad rap nowadays because of technology, you know, books. Who needs to read books? Who needs to go to the library and check out books? But the library is a lot more than just read, reading books, right? It is. And uh, when we close doors to in-person uh, and we service many people, uh, it was questioned, how are we going to continue service? And we decided simply the digital way of doing things was the way to go. Um, and I can tell you that since March 15th, I have cranked out well over 250 videos for our YouTube and Facebook wow. channels. And most of them are uh, library at home, story times for children, uh, important conversations, just pretty much anything that the library does. And... Uh, you're saying, how do, how do I do that when I'm at home working? Simply, everybody has a iPhone or an iPad or some kind of recording device. They go and shoot themselves discussing whatever it is they want to discuss or read a book for children. Send me that video, and then I clean it up and fix it up, put bookends for opens and closes and such, and then... Uh, uh, you know, post it to, to YouTube. So uh, it's a team effort by the entire marketing team um, where I just do the video part, but everybody else has an aspect into the descriptions and how it gets to Facebook and Instagram platforms and, and other platforms, which I don't have a clue how they operate. But 
bottom line is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a way to keep the library alive through the digital platforms and uh, engage our patrons, uh, you know, when they can't come in and physically grab the books. That's, that's a whole lot of videos. That's a whole lot of editing, I'm sure. And a whole lot of, you got to have a good internet connection, right? Great internet connection and a lot of patience because obviously I'm about quality and want to make sure that things look nice. And uh, some of the librarians, you know, they're, they have older phones or older devices to record on. And, you know, it is what it is. But they're giving it their best shot to engage their, their customers. And I'm not going to argue with that. And I've had that debate with my boss several times is who are we to decide what's good and what's not? These are people right. that are trying to, you know, engage our customers. So let's let's get it up. 350, is that my name? Two two fifty and counting. I started to try to recount today to see where exactly I was, and uh, you know I got lost halfway halfway through it. But you know I'm getting things thrown from genealogy, from children's librarians, from library assistants, you name it, and uh, even how to go to the library now if you're a patron because we are open in in Cincinnati to in-person visits limited certain things you can and cannot do and social distancing and such. And, you know, you've got to understand exactly what you're walking into before you walk into the library, because what you may have done before, you can't do now, at least not in the fashion you used to do it in the past. So we do some videos to explain exactly how it's going to go down when you walk in the door so that you understand it better. And you kind of did one of those videos for, for us about how to receive communion. Uh, that wasn't me, but uh, it was good. Whoever did it. <laughs> so you've done 250 of those videos. You've done at least, we're on episode 18. I think you joined us at episode four. So you've done, this is your 15th episode with us. How many masses? Roughly 16, 15, yeah, at, le- at least that many. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and as you well know, because you participate in, in, in putting the production together, it's, it's a feet every Sunday because we try to keep on improving it by adding cameras, adding technology. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we hope the people that are watching Mass online uh, understand that and that we're trying to give it our best foot forward. Uh, and I, I think we do a fairly good job for what we, for what we are up against, but uh, it does change week to week. and <laughs> There's all kinds of variables that can make it work and not work. Well, and I think that's one thing, you know, obviously when you're shooting inside and it's a controlled environment like we are in here, we still have our issues here. But when we go outside, we throw another variable in play, the weather, which is always a challenge for us. And this weekend, the Dallas is also the weatherman. He tells us Sunday morning is going to be beautiful. Very. What's yes. the temperature going to be? I think it, I heard this morning, 50, maybe 59, 60 Sunday morning. So oh, I love cool weather. That'll be nice. Falls on the way. That'll be nice. Uh, but it, it 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 does the production. It just doesn't happen on its own, right? There's a lot of uh, from the music to the volunteers that park people and get those going. You know, that's all part of it. But the electronic broadcast part of it, we rely a lot on technology. And as I'm sure as most people at home know, <laughs> technology just doesn't always work sometimes. And so we've kind of got to have some backup plans and and. I think we've been fortunate. I think we only missed 
what we missed last week was the first week that we've missed through the whole thing where we didn't have anything, but that wasn't a technology issue. I think outside of that, I only remember one time where we didn't actually broadcast and we came back and we redid it. Y'all remember that week? We came back and we redid mass. Uh, so we've been, we've been fortunate. Uh, what I think is funny with technology, which I know none of, uh, we, you can come back the next week, plug everything in exactly the same, and it doesn't, it doesn't work. What's, you know, and then you got to figure out what's going on whenever you've plugged everything in exactly like it was. Well, we're getting better at that. Steve, Steve and I were well, talking about that tonight, right? I mean, for all of you who attend Mass at Cardome outside, and I'm the guy up on the riser and the, with the camera, and you see me jumping up and down off the riser, if I'm doing that, something isn't going well, and I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> yeah, so the number of up-downs that you do is directly proportional to the number of issues that we're having. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's true, because every day is a different adventure with that, and you, you just don't know, as, as uh, Dallas said, what could go wrong week to week. You know, you, you wound a cable poorly and it broke and all of a sudden you've lost the camera or why the sun peeks out from the clouds and then it gets dark and you've got to readjust everything it, it, there's there's so many or, variables or like tonight when we hit the live button tonight we heard the the infamous helicopter sound yes. and we think we have identified that that is actually coming from my laptop when my laptop is plugged into the soundboard we had that plugged up just i don't know if jason barry's listening or watching tonight but we had it just for Jason Barry, because we have a video version of the fishing report. We're still going to try to play it, but <laughs> the sound may be suspect when we do that. But you want to stay tuned for the fishing report. I'm just saying, saying you want to you want to do that. We but, have a uh, few questions coming in. Do we want to answer them? Sure. We've got zero calls. Okay. Um, and I'm ashamed to say I do not know the answer to this question, Deacon Tim and Steve. Maybe one of y'all do. What are the relics at St. John and St. Francis? Wow. I do not know. And I'm looking at here, the people that are watching. I have a couple of people that's been in our parish for, I know, many, many years. If you could text me if you know the answer to that. Yeah, I know there is a relic at both places, but I'm not sure what it is, to be honest with you. It's probably a, what they would call, I believe it's a third-class relic, right? Which I'm Second not, or third-class relic, which means it was touched to a first or second-class relic. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure. It's a great question. Too bad Father's not here because, you know, he, he, he would, would know that. If yeah. he didn't know, he'd act like he knew, right? Yeah, I'm, so, I'm looking at here. We have a parishioner listening that they might know that. Please text me if you know the answer to that. And I'm. They might know that because I know they've been at the parish for a long time. Long time, and they're involved with a lot of things. It's a great question. I th and I believe you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Dallas. We can do some research on this and maybe bring it back up as a good topic down the road. But I believe that those relics are actually supposed to be stored in the altar. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's supposed to be a slot in the the altar, uh, like a, like a little pocket where the relic is supposed to go in. I think a lot of times they just don't talk about those for security reasons. Maybe I don't know. So great question. Who was that from? Who asked that question? Um, Anna Hunter. Anna, great question. I'm sorry we don't have the answer, but we're going to get the answer and we're going to give it give it to you. So, okay. Next question. What is your favorite Catholic book? 
Now, I guess mine would be besides the Bible, and I say that because the Bible is a Catholic book. All you Catholics, listen and make sure you remember that it is a Catholic book. But other than that, I, I tend to like, I absolutely love conversion stories. That's why I'm a big fan. I have watched The Journey Home for many, many years. So I have a tendency to like feel-good journey uh, stories uh, instead of deep theological uh, books that I can tell you right now usually go over my head. But, uh, you know, I love conversion, any kind of conversion book. Rome Sweet Home with Scott and Kimberly Hahn or uh, Evangel- Evangelical is Not Enough. And I forget who wrote, wrote that one. And you got Surprised by Truth. Those are, Patrick, I think, Patrick Madrid. That's got a collection of, uh, of, you know, some of them got 12, 15 conversion stories. And they have more than one volume, too, Surprised by Truth. Those would be my favorite Catholic books. And I don't know if it, and me and you, Tim, we, for five years, we sat beside each other and we got a lot of books in our library now. But. We do. <laughs> I got more than you because I've been yeah. trying to finish off my, my degree. And most of the books that I've been reading here lately have been textbooks. Uh, but there are some good ones in, in that we, we did read. You know, some of the classics, you know, I, I think everybody should read Confessions. By, by uh, St. Augustine. Uh, it's a hard read. City of God, another one of his, all, all his books that we've read. I think we read City of God in one of our classes. Those are good books. I, I think a lot of the Matthew Kelly books, the modern Matthew Kelly books are, are good, are easy reads. Like you said, you don't, you don't want to get into some uh, philosophical discussions. Sometimes when you're reading, you're sitting at home, you don't want to, you know, dive into philosophy necessarily but and i think the matthew kelly books are, are easy reads for most people i think they're good good reads yeah i know my uh you got any good catholic books over there steve you shaking your head yes or no beyond the bible not too many you know my uh my son my oldest son got me a couple books i'm trying to look them up right here real quick that he got they're sitting on my nightstand, and they—I want to just make sure I get the name uh, correct. Uh, there are philosophy books, though, and they are by a French. Um, French Jesuit, believe it, believe it or not, French Jesuit. Uh, I can't find it. Well, while you're thinking, somebody else. Chimed in on the uh, Facebook page. Is it okay? Not necessarily a Catholic book. What is your favorite secular book? And I'm sitting here as I, as you were talking, and I was thinking of all the secular books I've read. I, I don't know that I have a favorite. Uh, uh, some come to mind that I liked as a kid. Had to read. That was then. This is now. I really enjoyed that book and the the Martian Chronicles. And I'm sure everybody probably had to read that one time in their life. Th- things like that stick out in my mind and I've never been into the never never read a Harry Potter book or anything like that so uh, <clears throat> I found it what was it you may have heard of this guy his name is he's a French geologist 
paleontologist, philosopher, and Jesuit priest, Pierre Teilhard de Chardon. The Phenomenon of Man. And I've, I've actually started. There's, he got me two of them. Uh, there's a t- multiple series. And uh, it's a hard read. You got to really, I got to have some quiet to do that. But it, it's, I think it's, I think I'm going to enjoy it. So maybe I'll report back. I, I did just start also um, a book uh, that uh, Father Norman actually recommended. Do you remember the uh, the priest who was uh, the slave uh, that it possibly is going to be this first saint? Uh, do you remember Tolton, Father Tolton? He mentioned him. I've started that biography. Uh, I think that's going to be a good read. I don't, you know, when I read books, I don't commit them into like a, a sequence of, hey, this is my favorite book or best book or whatever. It's kind of whatever I'm reading. At the moment, I, I don't know if you read. Do you read many books now? I don't. <laughs> I read articles and short stories, but I'll tell you right now. After five years, I got so <laughs> I got so burnt out on reading. Wow, people! After we were a Dane Tim, people would say, I'm, "Here's a book," but, and I'm like, "No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm I'm read out. I'll read short things, short stories, and stuff like that." But. Uh, no, I do. I, well, and I changed that this year. Uh, I, I won't say it's COVID. Uh, some of my selections have changed because of the, the issue of racism in America uh, that we talked about when Father Norman was here. Some of my selections have changed. But uh, I've made it a – I've tried to commit that I'm going to complete 12 books this year. One a month, one a month is my goal. Uh, Right now, I have three books going at the same time. I'm in the middle of uh, a biography of John Adams. Uh, I'm reading some fiction that I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm reading because it's, it's – I think the author's Rob, R-O-B-B. He's got a series of books out. It's a, it's a mystery type thing. Uh, and then I've got the uh, – the actually, four books. I've got the autobiography – or not the autobiography, the biography of Tolton. Uh, and then I've got the, the De Chardon book on my nightstand so yeah i mean i'm trying to i I just you know we're challenged for time right time is time is hard to come by and you know i finding some quiet time sometimes to sit down and read it's hard i i I do the the biographies of the presidents that i'm gonna try to go through in my lifetime I'm on number two, so I got <laughs> I got a long way to go. Forty something more to go. But uh, I'm doing that books through Audible, uh, so I'm listening to that when I'm driving for work, which I drive quite a bit. So I get uh, you know six, seven, eight hours a week on that. Uh, which you might think, hey, you can go through a lot of books in six, seven, eight hours. Well, these biographies of the presidents are like sixty-eight hours or longer. I mean, they're they're massive books. But I will say, and I said this, I think, in one of our last shows, that the the fact, uh, the facts of what we're experiencing in our world today, this is where I think reading is important, is not new. The political discourse, racism, all the challenges that we're facing in the world today, we've we've faced them before, and we'd like to think that we're. We're something special, but we're not. These problems that we have in this world have been here a long time. 
and they will be here a lot longer. But one of the consistent things in life is God, Jesus Christ. So that's where we got to keep our focus. So that's a long answer on the books. Sorry about that. I get long-winded sometimes. Next question coming in. Okay, what is your favorite movie? <laughs> uh, I have so many. I don't have a favorite movie. I love old movies. Uh, anything old on Turner Classic, I watch. I love anything with Olivia de Havilland in it, who just passed away at about 100, 102 years old. Who's that? <laughs> she played in Gone. You know her from Gone in the oh, Wind. Gone with the Wind. Gone. Well, which you can't watch anymore. But anyway, oh sorry, <laughs> gone, gone with the wind. Uh, she was in that. Um, I like uh, you know uh, anything with Jimmy Stewart in it. You're uh, you're old old oh, movie yeah. guy. Spirit of St. Louis, I love. Uh, here's a classic. Well, it's not. It, I consider it a classic. When it came out, it didn't do real good at all. But it has now got a following. It's a mad, 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 mad world. It's a comedy. You ever see it? I've, I've, I believe I've seen <laughs> if it. If you name a star from the 60s, they were in it. I mean, if that movie was made today, it cost about $500 million. <laughs> That's how many stars were in that movie. But uh, You didn't mention one science fiction movie. Eh, I like uh, <laughs> the first two Star Wars. When I say the first two. That's number when they four, first when they four, first come episode out. four and five yeah <laughs> episode four and five uh, the first two I liked the rest after that I, they were okay but I didn't like them a whole lot um, yeah I'm a Star Wars Star Trek kind of guy I like the old Star Trek over the new Star Trek so uh, but um, what about you Steve you a science fiction guy or you an old movie guy sci fi oh see sci fi. Yeah, Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Oh, that's a good one. And, uh, you know, I kind of got hooked on the TV show uh, Picard on CBS yeah, All great. Access. I think that's one of the best, uh, that's the one of the best Star Trek series that I've seen. The other yeah. one is, you haven't seen that. Have I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a reboot. Well, it's not really a reboot. I think I think the writing's really good in that. Uh, Picard, it's on CBS, I think, right? CBS. And yeah, then, CBS All Access. And then the... Uh, the other one is the Mandalorian from Star Wars, which is a re it's a it's a streaming only uh which I think is the best Star Wars series of all even if you put the movies in there, I still think the Mandalorian is, is better written than a lot of those. So a lot of people probably disagree with me on that. But I'll tell you something that I read online and if you believe everything you read online, watch out. <laughs> but uh they they took seventy two classic TV shows and gave the residuals for what the actors made for the reruns, and so you get like the all the actors and friends that make twenty million a year for residuals for reruns, but then you get somebody like the kids from the Brady Bunch that make zero. Yeah. It was like wow. so sad. And we were talking about. Because that's uh, contractual, the way they signed their contracts? Yeah, it, it was contractual. And, and then the same thing with uh, Patrick Stewart for Star Trek. He makes zero on reruns. 
And wow. I mean, that, that that just blew my mind when I read that. Uh, but uh, you get people like Jerry Seinfeld, oh, from Seinfeld. I think he was like a hundred million a year in residuals for reruns. Wow. It's just crazy the kind of money that goes out and the people don't make things. I know I've seen a story. This is kind of with the money making thing about that movie thing. Uh, the very first athlete that was asked by Nike to wear their shoe in pro basketball, and I forget his name. At the time, you know, when he, he was somewhat famous back then, I was reading this or on a YouTube video watching this story. He, uh, they gave him a choice, uh, $100,000 cash or a percentage of a company. It was a low percentage. You know, it was one or one and a half percent. And his agent talked him into taking the $100,000. $100, and if he would have took the percentage, he would have like I forget like five billion dollars. <laughs> Cho- ch- choices matter. Yeah, wasn't that the same thing with the the bitcoins when the bitcoins came out? That if you oh, yeah, would the- invested in bitcoins back when nobody thought they yeah. could be worth anything, now you'd be like a billionaire. Well, that number goes up and down, right? Bitcoin goes up and down, but yeah, the, the I think the first transaction was related to a pizza. A guy bought a pizza with Bitcoin and. That pizza is now worth, you know, $400,000 or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, ch- ch- your choices in life do matter down the road. But so. your movies, did you mention your movies? That you, Star, you, Star, Star Trek. Trek and, yeah, uh, I, pr- I probably prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. Um, I don't know. I think they're just a little bit faster. You're talking paced. about Star Trek movies? Yeah, but I do like Picard. It's a great series. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, but if we're talking what's my favorite TV show, my favorite TV show currently is Yellowstone with Kevin Cosner. Uh, great, great show. If you like the West or like Cowboys, Native Americans, can't say Indians, but Native Americans. Um, great, great show. Very realistic. Got some violence in it. Um uh, but really is telling the st- – and I believe it's, you know, it's probably a story that's been told many times about the struggle for Indian, Indian Native Americans and their land reservations, how that interacts. Um, great, great show. It's kind of like Longmire that uh, we discovered, which it's been off the air for a couple of years now, but it's on Netflix. Uh, my wife fell in love with that. It's kind of the – and it's – it's kind of like Yellowstone. Uh, this is ba- this was a sheriff in a town, and it, they they deal with the Indian reservations a lot and stuff in that too. But uh. no, I mean I I think there's a lot of it's interesting. The the whole entertainment side of things has changed dramatically with streaming, and and I think the movie industry's changed permanently. Uh, I don't, you know, somebody asked the question the other day, "Hey, do you miss going to movies?" If I got a chance to watch a a, a movie a new release movie in my home where I can go up and drink a beer, which is, you know, a dollar, 50 cents, whatever. What's a beer cost when you buy a 12 pack and sit at home in front of my 50 inch TV, get them to go to the bathroom. Anytime I want, pause it. <laughs> you know, I think that's a pretty good experience. Most people today, I think would prefer to do that. The cost alone of, of movies. Don't get me wrong. I love the theater experience. I mean, I love you know the surround the sound and, and the 70-inch or 170-inch, however big the screen is. Like, I don't even know how big it is. But, you know, it's a great experience. But you're still getting the same experience at home, right? And, and there's a lot of pluses that go with it. And I think they're figuring that out. Uh, you know, a- AMC is supposed to start opening back up uh, movie theaters, I think, in the next three weeks or something like that. Good luck. 
see how that goes. Not sure how that goes. Hey, we got a caller. Oh. We're going to put your questions on hold. This caller can't say first-time caller. I know that. Michael. Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I, I love the way you auto-screened. Michael France College. <laughs> so, yep. so, so you're basically my question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So you're in college now, right? Today, you went to college today. So I'm actually, I'm actually taking a gap year. My That's sisters right. are in college, so I'm ask, I'm asking for them. No, you're asking for them. Okay. Yeah, like I, I have, I have a question that they don't know about, but I'm going to ask anyways. All right. Shoot. Go All for right. it. So my question is. So for first-time college freshmen, what is good advice for them that will make sure that they maintain themselves through college? So basically making sure that they don't change who they are just because what other people say. Wow. That's a, that's, a hard, that's a hard question, Michael. I didn't live on campus, so I can't answer that question. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lived at home. I, I went to the University of Louisville, lived at home. It was a commuter college basically back back then, which was – yeah. 30 years ago. Uh, so I commuted. So what kept me the same person I was, was my dad. <laughs> so I, th but I think that's the, I think it's the same thing, really. I think you have to stay in touch with your family and your roots. Uh, you yeah. know, and I think for uh, your sisters who obviously are relatively close yeah. to home, right. Uh, I think yes. they'll, they'll maintain that family connection. You know, uh, if when you yeah when you I was get, referencing to my uh, mom about that and how I was they were like you know it's a little bit weird saying that we're not gonna have two people in our household anymore and I was saying how well eventually you got to let the bird go to build its own nest or it's not gonna have a place to live so I was referencing as sometimes you got to let someone go and eventually they'll find the way back yeah there's a saying about that right so, yeah uh, yeah. If you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it was meant to be or something like if that. If it doesn't, it never was yours or something. Right. So, then, then I always used to say to myself, out of sight, out of mind. So that's why you got to stay present. You got to stay present, right? I mean, you got to still, you're still a family. You got to stay connected. And, and in today's world, I think it's a little bit easier to stay connected, right? I mean, obviously your sisters are close, right? They're yeah. Georgetown, right? Yep. Uh, so they're they're what four miles up the road, but, uh, but maybe, maybe less than four miles. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even, if, even if they were at Louisville or Ohio state or whatever with technology today, you can definitely stay in touch and you can FaceTime. Yep. Yeah. Dallas, you spent a semester away at school, right? No, I drove, <laughs> you drove, you drove too. So yep. you're talking to two guys that were, yep. uh, what about Steve? where uh, Steve, did you, uh, I was home. I stayed. I went to Bowling Green in Ohio, and uh, I, I commuted back and forth. Yeah, so we're all of us are commuters, which is interesting. If Father Lynn was here, uh, he obviously had a different experience, obviously because he went to seminary. But yeah, I think it's you know college is meant to form you too, though, right? I mean, I don't yeah. think you necessarily want to go into college and come out the same person. You want to grow as a person. You yeah. Wanna, I, th I think most college campuses today, I think part of the problem is is that, that faith is not an integral part of that. And obviously at Georgetown, I, th I think that probably won't be the case yeah. at Georgetown. Uh, 
you know, I think that happens a lot in colleges today. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And know your faith. So if your professor says something, <laughs> uh, that's oh, yeah. contrary. Back then we were in confirmation. Uh, so basically you, you'd be confirmed by a saint that, you know, is relevant to what you want to do as a career. And I did St. Luke, which is for art. Yep. So, so Macy and Melissa are both doing something for their saint that is hope that is for their, uh, uh, what's the word to use for their major. Right. For what they want their so vocation. That's to be, the religious part of that. Yeah. Oh, what is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so did you go up to drop them off today or did, uh, did you sit on the sidelines? I did, uh, just a few minutes ago, actually, I dropped them off at their, uh, dorm because they had a case of water that they couldn't lift so i took it into their dorm <laughs> that's what brothers are for man right yep yeah. so you already miss them right i miss them but there's a part of me that knows you know you gotta let them go when you gotta let them go because triplets will always be forever but eventually you gotta go your three ways and you gotta go make the world a better place you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays yeah. out for you right I mean, y'all could write books. Yeah. Of, you could I'm write books about it. There could be movies about it. I mean, you just don't know what your future has. <laughs> and for you, yep, it's you. You want to do movies, right? That's part of what you want to do. Animation, right? Oh yeah, yeah animation so, all the way. So there you go. Who knows what your future will hold? Yep. Well, thanks for calling, Michael. Dude, hopefully, yep. we answered your question. We appreciate you calling because nobody great. else called Thank tonight. You. So, but we. Oh. But that's okay. We're still open. So, thanks, Michael. Take care. Already. See ya. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Any more callers? No, 657-332-2667. Sorry, 657-332-2667, 657-DEACONS. You can text to that number as well. I just want somebody to text to that number just so I know it's working. <laughs> I got I got more text. <laughs> oh, well, don't text to Dallas. Yeah. Text text to six. And a couple of these five, were on Facebook page. Okay, too. six five seven three three two two six six seven. Somebody just texted and say test. Uh, so and I won't even say working. your name. I just want to see if it's working. So anyway, got more questions? Do Dallas? we still have time? Yeah, I think we're good on time. How much time we got? Well, my timer says 46 minutes, so I think we got a uh, couple, couple few more minutes. 50 minutes yeah. um, have you ever been to an Orthodox Mass? Yeah. Uh, yes. I have not. Have I, you? I have. What was the situation? St. Moderate. Oh. Yeah, we did a... Uh, I'm going to get the wrong rite. Uh, it was an Eastern rite. But, uh, yeah, they have a little chapel there that uh, they celebrate... Uh, we were. I was taking the creed class with Father Dennis, who's the rector. Um, and dang on, I can't remember what the right was, but uh, definitely orthodox. Lots of uh, lots of smells, lots of incense, incense lots of bells. A lot more ornate, would you say? Oh, very much so. Uh, the deacon uh, actually has a much more prominent role than the deacon does in in our right. Uh, I mean, it, it is something that you should experience, and you can experience it by going to St. Moderate. You can be a guest at St. Moderate, go up for a weekend, uh, and when they're having this Mass, uh, 
they publicize it. Typically, it, it involves around the weekend where uh, lay students are working on their master's degrees. They have it there, but it, it's 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 pretty cool. It's definitely something. I mean, it's different, but even though it's different, the similarities are so strong that you never feel lost in the liturgy. You always understand exactly where you're at. You you feel like you're a part of it, even though it may be foreign to you. Uh, just just a beautiful, beautiful celebration. Really, they use the screens. You know, they have the and I don't know the words. I should know the words, but I don't know what the screen where you, they open the doors and they can go back into where in the Greek Orthodox it would be where the Holy of Holies was, but it's a little bit different than Greek Orthodox, but you should experience it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've got uh, one last last hurrah up there. I've got to do a final exercise. If I find out when I'm up there that they're having that, I'm going to invite you to come up, and then you can experience it too because it's it's cool. So, and it's it's in the courtyard actually. There's a little chapel that they have the the mass in. Uh, it's one of the oldest chapels on site. Stone building, stone building. They've got uh, ornate uh, stained glass windows that they open up because of the there's so much incense going on in it and the chanting and it's just it's pretty cool. So now, have you ever been to a Orthodox Orthodox, as in Greek Orthodox Mass? I've not. I've been to a Greek Orthodox actually with Father Lynn. I forget where we were at somewhere. We were tra- out of town. We were out of town, and we went to to Turwin. We we saw the Greek Orthodox Church. He said, "Hey, let's try to go in there." We knocked on the door, didn't survive. Went to another entrance, and, knocked, and somebody let us in. Then they showed us around. Very, ar- the artistic side of it's very cool. Uh, the paintings, the iconography. That's the big thing that separates. Uh, that separates. The Orthodox Church, I think, from from the Western Rite is the, uh, the icons. It's a big, the big focus in, in their architecture and the way they set up for a for a liturgy. And uh, out there, in case you want to know, you can fulfill your Sunday obligation at an Orthodox Mass if you cannot make it to a Latin Rite Mass. That is that is correct, because we acknowledge their priesthood is true priesthood, and they have all seven sacraments. They are just not in union with the, with the Pope. The Pope. Yeah, and, and you have to have permission to ex, to celebrate a, a Eastern Rite Mass as a as a Catholic priest. You have to have permission from your ordinary, from your bishop. And Father Dennis has that from the Archbishop of or the Bishop Archbishop of Indianapolis, Indianapolis. My mic cutting in and out. A little bit. So, did we answer that question? Go ahead. Well, let me ask you a question sure. then. Uh, so, I came from Toledo, and they have a Greek Orthodox cathedral there. And I had never been in it until I had to go to a story there. And he's, <laughs> he's not a priest, but I mean, he looked like a priest, same wardrobe. And I was kind of confused. Tell me, tell me about that. Well, if he looked like a priest, he was probably a priest. Uh, we accept their priesthood. They they have priests. They have bishops. 
They have everything we have. They're just not in communion with the Catholic, in full communion with the Catholic Church. They have all seven sacraments, but they, we believe they split away from the Catholic Church, but they still maintain their priesthood. Yeah, which is there's, separate, and there's there's a lot of work going on to try to yeah. to bring that back together. If you see at large liturgical celebrations at the Vatican, you'll see patriarchs there. Those are typically Eastern Rite from the different rites. I think there's seven. Do I have that right? I that up. Well, there. You're talking about Eastern Rite Catholics. Yeah. Well, there's like depending on how you look at the what you're going to look up. There's 22 maybe rites, but eight separate liturgies in those 22 rites. Yeah, nothing popped up real quick for me. Yep, yep, there we go. So Byzantine rite is what they do at St. Saint, Saint uh And underneath there, there's... Okay, what he's naming here are Catholic churches. They're just Eastern rites, yeah. and we're the Western rites. So you've got uh, Alexandrian rite, Armenian rite, Byzantine rite, East Syriac rite, Latin liturgical rite, which is us, and West Syriac rite. So the the Byzantine rite, there's another fifteen underneath that, which includes the Ukrainian and Russians, which which would be a big one. There's like one point one billion Catholics. A billion of them is the Latin rite. A hundred million of them are the rest of those rites. And that's a whole different another explanation why we have different rites. But they're all Catholic. They're all in communion. Full communion with Rome, but there's a reason they're allowed to have their own liturgy. It's complicated. <laughs> it's, it, but I mean, now it's that's like, separate from the Orthodox that we were talking about, the Greek Orthodox, and correct. And and yeah. you know, I mean, it's the, the it's the Church, it's the Catholic Church. It's it's complicated. It's complicated, <laughs> right? It's never simple, but uh, it always is good for good reading and research, right? I mean, yeah. You know, if you want to, when we get done here tonight, if you want to go and Go home and sit down on the Google, on the Google Google page, and type in, yeah, you know, Greek Orthodox or Eastern Orthodox or Byzantine Rite or whatever. You'll get a whole plethora of stuff. I did a paper. Actually, I took a class on uh, on iconography, and I did a paper actually on Our Lady of Kazan, K A Z A N, and my paper actually. It's an interesting icon. We had to pick an icon and we had to do research on it. And it uh, it has ties from Fatima, from Our Lady of Fatima, to Vladimir Putin. It's a great. I, I, if somebody wants to read my paper, I'll, I will. And be Putin more than, is Greek Orthodox, right? That's right. No, he would be Russian Orthodox. Rus- Russian, Russian. I'm Orthodox. sorry, Russian. Yeah. Orthodox. yeah. So if if anybody wants to read my paper on it, I, I have it. I think I got a pretty good grade on it, so it'd be it's a good read though. I mean, it's for me, it was very, it was a, it was a, it was an eye opener for me to see how how icon can drive a faith and a religion in certain areas of the world. So, what else you got there, Dallas? Uh, we got time for one more. What is the church's stand on ghost? What does the church teach on ghost? You want to take it? You want me to take it? <laughs> or Steve, Father Lynn over there, sub. You want to take it? Church's stance on ghost? <laughs> no, that is not me. Ghost or spirits? Would we would classify well, as spirits? Well, correct? Jesus talks about a ghost. Uh, I think when he's uh, 
he mentions there are ghosts. So, you know, he, cause he says, uh, uh, cause the apostles, I think when they see him walking on, on the water, water mm-hmm. they said, Oh, it's ghosts. He said, no ghosts come touch me. Ghosts don't have body and blah, blah, blah. So we must believe in ghosts, but, uh, any kind of ghost there is, which we acknowledge because Jesus acknowledged is a, used to be a, you would think of, a, well, uh, you know, when you die, you go to several places, heaven, hell, or purgatory, or heaven, hell, and purgatory. And for whatever reason, if God wants you to to manifest yourself on earth for some reason, uh, while you're in one of those, well, in one of those places, He can allow it. Uh, kind of like a Saint Gabriel, the angel, appearing to Mary. You know. Uh, now, would he be classified as a ghost? Depends on how you define the word ghost. Does it have, you know, does it have to be an evil thing? You know, well, here let me let me just throw a little controversy in what we're talking about here. Because no, I, no I, don't. Yeah, I'm going to do it because you know that's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> and I see this a lot. When someone dies, do they become an angel? Oh, that's con- that's not that controversial. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people are confused with that. Do you want to? You want to take that? I'm I'm being the questionnaire. I'm gonna be the. Oh. I'll be the devil's advocate here. I'll be the the B side to your A side argument. Go ahead. Okay. So, what was the question? When we die, do we become angels if we go to heaven? The answer to that is no. An angel is a separate being than a human being. They are. They were created by God. You have angels, and you have us human beings. There's different kinds of angels, right? Oh, don't get into. <laughs> don't make me list a, a, a principal. What are they called? The uh, dominions, principalities, principalities, angels, archangels. Yeah. But no, I think how many that, are there? Nine? Is there nine? I think there is nine? seven or nine. Probably seven archangels and angels. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people uh, talk about that. You know, I mean, you go to a funeral. You talk yeah, about, it's just you know. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, people think you die. You know, today my my spouse died, and now they're an angel in heaven. And in reality, that's, that's. I mean, that's. if you want to think that, you know, it makes you feel better, but that's not church teaching. Yeah, church teaching is there's if they're in heaven, their soul is in heaven with God yeah. for eternity. We but don't, we don't, we are not transformed into different beings, and the church teaches that an angel is a different being than yeah. a human. Steve, you look surprised by that. Did that surprise you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we taught you something today, Father Lynn. <laughs> Bam. Hey, kind of a slow show, not a lot of calls, but hey, we can still talk for an hour. You get a lot of text. I mean, we need to put, you need to have your phone number be the text number. I still didn't get any text. Somebody texted in, well, on the Facebook, there are nine choirs of angels. Nine choirs of angels. There you go. Hey Stevie, you ready for Saint of the Day? You got your, uh, you got your, up and ready you to got go. your stuff ready to go. I, I guess that means that's over to me. I've got to click a few buttons here. So today is August seventh, and here's the Saint of the Day. This is Franciscan Media Saint of the Day for August seventh. Today we celebrate Saint Cajetan. Cajetan started out as a lawyer, but made a midlife career change when he was ordained at thirty-six. For a time, he was part of a religious community made up only of men from the lowest stations in life. For that, he was accused of bringing shame on his wealthy family. 
Over the years, Cajetan sensed that the 15th century's greatest need was the reformation of the Church. He and three friends, among them the future Pope Paul IV, decided that the best road to reformation lay in reviving the spirit and zeal of the clergy. Together they founded a congregation known as the Theatines. It proved to be outstanding among the Catholic reform movements that took shape before the Protestant Reformation. Cajetan's emphasis on reform extended to the world of banking as well. He founded one of many charitable non-profit credit organizations that lent money on the security of pawned objects. Its purpose was to help the poor and protect them from exorbitant interest rates. His organization ultimately became the Bank of Naples. Cajetan died in 1557 and was canonized in 1671. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Saint Cajetan. That was a that was a new one for me. Haven't heard, haven't heard that one before. So, which is typically the case. I think Franciscan Media likes to choose obscure saints because you know. When you say Dallas, like on every day, there can be like two or three saints on every day. Yeah. So leave it up to those folks to, to do that. Hey, should we try to do this fishing report? Might as well. Uh, <laughs> you think People need a laugh after listening to us for the last hour. Yeah, but the question's going to be if, if we're going to get the buzzing, humming sound. Hey, Bear, hey if, you're on, if you're still watching... If you put it on YouTube, are we on YouTube now? Yeah. We're, oh, on, okay. we're on YouTube now. Yeah. Let me plug this cable in. A little buzzing. If you're hearing some buzzing, it's okay. All right. This is for Jason Barry. If you're listening, Jason Barry, this is. Oh, hold on. A little buzzing. Oh, if you're hearing some buzzing, it's okay. Took care of that. Here we go. Good morning. It is Thursday morning. I am here at Taylorsville Lake waiting for my partner. We're going to try some panfish only today, bluegill, crappie. And uh, you never know if an occasional bass might get hooked on those baits. But uh, as we're out on the lake, I'll give you an update on how we're doing. Y'all have a blessed day. We'll be with you, back with you in a bit. Here we are in the middle of Taylorsville. We've been pan fishing. We're doing okay. We're uh, catching quite a few sun perch and bluegill, caught a bass. That thing is huge. That's my partner, Eddie. <laughs> he, he claims he's my guide, but if he is my guide, I want my money back. <laughs> So we'll check in a little bit, see how we're doing. We've gone to bass fishing. We didn't really plan on it. Is that you got one, Eddie? Yeah. Let me see it. Got a little bass. <laughs> we started catching quite a few small little perch, but catch and release. They stopped biting, so we went to bass fishing. We'll check in again in a few minutes. Okay, Dallas, I had to kill the audio here, so you got to tell us what, what you're basically saying right here. Well, this one we just uh, 
talking about where you've done bass fishing. We just caught a few. A couple hours had passed. Now we're headed to uh, do some jigging on the standing timber, trying to catch some crappie. And I, I'm just explaining that in the boat, and the boat's taken off here. But uh, that video got messed up somehow. It didn't get to Deacon Tim right, uh, for some reason. Well, I think it had to do with the phase. They were out of phase. Well, Deacon Dallas here for the final fishing report. I'm headed home. Let me turn this radio off. Headed home. We had an okay day. Not a real good day. Caught plenty of fish, a bunch of uh, perch, and bluegill, and bass, and striped bass. And uh, I'm going to head home, get me something to eat. I was on a diet. But I noticed on the way to this the is lake, great. <laughs> I passed a white castle, and I can't pass a white castle without stopping. I only get them about every couple of years. So I'm gonna head out of here. Feed your face. My boy done put in a request for a few, so I'm gonna bring him some. Any day on the lake is a good day. Whether you catch something or not, Deacon Dallas out. God bless everyone. That was your uh, your annual fishing report, uh, and there might be more to come because I'm still in the hunt for a new boat. I'm trying to buy a new boat. That was awesome. That was a great. That was the best fishing report I think we've had so far. <laughs> we actually saw fish, and we know now that you actually caught some fish. So yeah, that was great. Appreciate the fishing report. Hey, folks, we need your support, not just uh, not just here on the show, watching, contributing, but uh, at the parish. Obviously, COVID-19 has had a dramatic impact on all of us, all of our lives. We still need your support at the church. So if you're so inclined, please go to ssfj.org. That's ssfj.org, where you can support all of our ministries at the parish. Yeah. I highly encourage you to do uh, electronic donations if you can. That way, if we're missing church or we continue to have mass at outdoor at Cardone, you don't have to worry about dropping your your envelope into the, the garbage can with Larry Oser on the other end of it. You can just bypass him and wave, but uh, he does appreciate your, your dropping it in the basket as well. But you can do it electronically just like you can you – can, Buy your food electronically now and have it delivered to you. So, Which I just did before I came. <laughs> so, ssfj.org. So, hey, uh, next week, Father Lynn should be back if he continues to test negative. Should be there Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock Eastern, we're going to give it a whirl. Looks like the weather's going to cooperate. We're going to have a great time. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. I missed uh, missed Mass immensely highly encourage everybody to to come join us at cardone if not uh, we will be we'll be live streaming so yes we will <laughs> so who's going to give the blessing may the peace of our lord jesus christ be with you all and with your spirit and may almighty god bless us here in the studio and everyone out there listening father son holy spirit amen Amen. And uh, until next week, I'm still Deacon Tim. And I am still Deacon Dallas. And I'm Steve filling in for Father Lynn. He'll be back on Sunday. Sunday.
Good night, everybody. Great show. Let me be honest. I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to make you notice me. Let me be real here. When I see you, my heart starts racing. But I don't know if I like this chasing and playing and waiting around. It's a shame that my hands start shaking.